Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. And And we're we're licensed licensed to gossip. Get ready for a juicy breakdown of pop culture and the law with two attorney besties. We won't be giving any legal advice, but we are here to have a good time. So let's get into it. Okay, Noelle, so what the fuck happened last week? So much fucking happened last week. It was a big one. Too many yeah. things. <laughs> Too many things. We'll just we'll just touch on some of the highlights for today. Um, but first of all, I'm sure many of our listeners saw this, but the charges against Alexander Ray Baldwin were dropped. Amazing. Big news. Yeah. Um, so good for him. And I don't know if you saw that picture of him and Hillary, Ilaria. I did. Uh, She's like sitting in his yeah. lap. I know. It was very sweet. I, I do feel, yeah, I, I, I'm I glad that they dropped the charges, although I'm a little worried that they're maybe going to refile them, but it, it seems for right now like they're really dropped and hopefully that gives his family some relief and some closure. Yeah, I hope so too. Some peace of mind and um, yeah, it's been just... A crazy ride since that started back in 2021 but and now we're here the charges against hannah gutierrez reed are definitely still going right yes those are still going as far as we know i believe may 3rd which is around when this episode is going to be released is when her hearing is scheduled for so we'll see tbd will let you all know the updates on that but definitely. that is our rust movie charges news um, on another note, something big happened in the Broadway community on April 16th on Sunday, Phantom of the Opera had its final performance on Broadway. Wild. Why? Why? It has been, I know, it's been a staple in the community for the past 35 years, longer than both of us have been here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really sad last night. I was actually coming back from a show and I walked by the Majestic and it was dark. And I was just like, this is the first time I've walked by there and it's not lit up. You know, I was seeing videos on sad. social media of people who like live nearby that they're like showing them unloading all of the stage and props and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like I hope they're keeping that and putting it in like a little phantom museum. <laughs> I hope so. Well, they have that new Broadway museum now, so hopefully they'll put some of it there, and then I'm sure we'll see a resurgence, a revival at some point down the road of the show. The world needs Phantom. I know. Yeah, it's so good. It's It had 13,981 performances on Broadway. Isn't that wild? That is so Over many. In 1988. Yeah. Um so it's over now, the music of the night. Yes, thank you, Andrew so Lloyd Webber. We love you. We love you. Yeah. And and you performed, you were in a production in high school, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera um, really, well, Phantom of the Opera and actually Sweeney Todd really sparked my interest in musical theater. So like I saw Ooh. a performance of Sweeney Todd when I was in middle school and that made me want to audition for the musical in high school and then... Yes, the first musical I was in was Phantom of the Opera, and I was Meg. (laughs) Tragically, even though I cannot dance. (laughs) Even though you're not a dancer. (laughs) But I absolutely loved it. I still think about my Phantom family because there's just nothing like being in a musical. It's the best. And Phantom Phantom is... Phantom family, P-H. Yes. Family. Phantom (laughs) P-H family. (laughs) 
I love that. I feel like it's so many people's origin stories of how they got into musical theater, too, whether or not they just became a fan or became involved in it themselves as a performer. Um, I was late to the train. I did not get into it very young. Um, I have to give my sister Danae credit for not giving up on me. She was a huge fan of the Gerard Butler movie. PH fan. Emmy Rossum. Yeah, huge (laughs) PH fan. (laughs) Um, And she did not give up on me. She kept convincing me to watch it. I was like, I don't know. I'm not really into this opera stuff. Like, it's not really my thing. Yeah, but it's it's like opera had a baby with musical theater. Right, right. I, I was I was late really getting on board like all of musical theater stuff. Um, we forget. So anyway, you. Well, now, thanks, well, now you're thanks. the most intense person. About it. <laughs> no, I'm so into it. Um, yeah. So thanks, Danae. Shout out to you for not giving up on me. And we finally got to see it together in January. I know, that's so so sweet. we got to see it. I'm so glad you got yeah. to see it before it closed because yeah it's amazing yeah it's over now the music of the night but you can still catch it in the west end it's still over there yeah so if you want to hop across the ponds you can still go see phantom yeah and, and yeah if you live yeah anywhere else then there's still touring companies for phantom yeah always. yeah it's not going away yeah. it's not going away so uh congrats to everybody who's been a part of that show for so long and if you do go across to the West End to see it over there, um, something else big is happening in London this weekend. London. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> Does it have something to do yes. with the Dusty King Charles? <laughs> Not Dusty. <laughs> we dusted oh, no. him off. We're putting a crown on him. Me. <laughs> yes, he still exists. He's still there. He has been. I, he's probably been the longest first in line for the throne. Yeah. Oh, he. Da- no, he is I, for sure. He right? is. Yeah, he is. seventy years. Like he has Queen Elizabeth been for like a long time. Like for a he, long. He surpassed time. that like at least forty years ago or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was coronated in 1953, literally seventy years ago. So. It's wild. He, he's King been, Charles you know. just doesn't even seem like a real person to me. When I see videos and pictures of him, I just he seems like he's <laughs> controlled by a robot <laughs> for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> like somebody has controls to him and they're I mean, operating I, him. I would believe it for sure. Yeah. Some sort of sim situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's finally getting I was about to say sworn in. <laughs> But I guess he is. I guess they get no, sworn I in. No, I accidentally – I was talking about the coronation the other day, and I accidentally said inauguration. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wait. I, I'm, a, so I'm too words. American. This is – yeah. Right. Sworn in, inaugurated. Yeah, we don't have coronations here. So I'm excited. Um, I don't know. Allie, will you be getting up at 5 a.m. to watch it? Fuck no. On Saturday morning. <laughs> Politely fuck no. <laughs> Politely fuck no. Hard no for you. Uh, well, you know I will be. Yes, I do know I, that. I am royally obsessed, even though I don't love every member of the royal family. I know they have their flaws. I still, you know, I got up early for Will and Kate's wedding, Harry and Meghan's wedding. You know, I love a good royal moment. I was a mess the day Queen Elizabeth passed. So I'm excited to see what happens for the coronation ceremony. And for most of us, we do not remember what happened at the last one. Most of us were not around. Uh, Yeah, I don't think, I mean, statistically, our listener, no, we don't have a single listener that would have been alive (laughs) (laughs) when I've looked at the analytics. 70 years ago. 
Yeah. So I think it's just, it'll be a really cool historic moment to see what happens this weekend. I, th- um, I think that Queen Elizabeth will make an appearance. I don't know about you. I hope so. She better. She's like surprised. I think her ghost is, is showing up for sure. A pretty little liars moment like E will show up. <laughs> Letters from E. You know what I'm talking about? You mean A? <laughs> right. But like E for Elizabeth. Oh, Sorry, I'm slow this morning. I'm like, no, well, it's A. Everybody like, knows it's, it's definitely A. a. <laughs> but it'll be like Queen I'm E. Dead. Yes, Queen yeah. E. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, apparently, I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently there's all these memes about the list of performers who've turned down performing at the coronation is like longer than the list of actual attendees. <laughs> wow. It's a joke, but apparently. They've asked a ton of people who've said no. They asked Elton John, Adele, Harry Styles, the Spice Girls even said no. What about our um what about our babes, Harry and Meghan? Harry and Meghan, all the drums. That's you know, that they're they who we're gonna to be talking about today, right? <laughs> talking about in our episode today. Yes, yeah, so it's been announced that Harry will be going and Meghan will be home with Archie and Lilibet. So She's not going to be going. Who knows mm. if there was drama around that. I'm hoping people keep it on the DL, but, you know, there's always going to be something stirred up about them. So we'll see. Well, Harry and Megan are very private people, allegedly. <laughs> They're very <laughs> private people, and that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about today. They right. love their privacy. They love their privacy, and I feel like people always give them shit about this because they're like, well, if you love your privacy so much, why are you making these Netflix documentaries and doing Oprah interviews and writing your memoir, Spare, which I haven't finished reading yet. I'm like three-fourths of the way through. I need. It's to taking you a while to it. read that. It must not be that interesting. <laughs> it, no, it really is, but it's emosh. Like, I was like crying. <laughs> When his, when his penis was frostbitten, did that make you cry? <laughs> yeah, the oscillating peen really got me. Uh, he just, I'm that so one dead. clip, I was like, this is all I need to know about his memoir. Like, that clip. the mommy issues are real. I feel bad for him. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's really sad, like, just going through Diana's death. And he didn't really have anybody there for him, you know? Besides all like, of his like servants. Like, the whole country. Besides all the servants. <laughs> No sympathy from Allie. No, but like he couldn't even cry in public. No, that is really sad. Like everyone else was able to mourn. I cry in public all the time and I can't imagine not being allowed to do that. I know. So, I mean, it's great that they've been, both Harry and Meghan have been forthcoming, I think, about their struggles, not just lately, but also childhood struggles and yeah, people have criticized them for wanting to live private lives and telling their stories, but I think it's really cool that they're getting to tell their story from their perspective now because I really don't think there's any way they could just like drop off the face of the earth and, you know, go completely private. I mean, they are public figures. Yeah, and they need to point. make a living. I mean, what that's else are they going to do? Yeah. He's just been royal I his know. whole life. I think that's it's an easy transition if you're a public figure to then kind of yeah. go into that media sphere but exactly. I think it's great exactly. that they're telling their stories from their perspective like anyone should have the opportunity to do 
I think so too. I think so too. So as you mentioned, we're going to be talking about that in our episode today, the invasion of privacy. And there's several invasion of privacy torts, right? Yeah. So we kind of touched on one. So we talked about the misappropriation of the right of publicity, and that's considered a privacy tort. Um, Mm -hmm. And then today we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of distinguish publication of private fact and intrusion upon seclusion, which are two different torts. And these are all- I'm going to make you say that every time. Intrusion upon seclusion, intrusion upon seclusion. Ugh, I see, can't. I can't even do it. I can't even do it. Intrusion upon seclusion. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too great. much. Um, so these are, there are basically <laughs> like four main privacy torts in the United States that deal with the intrusion uh, or invasion of someone's privacy. And we are talking about United States-based common law today. We are not talking about- law in the UK, um, although we will be using some UK cases dealing with Harry and Meghan as examples because the facts are good examples. But yeah, we don't know anything about UK law. So just putting that out there. A good disclaimer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So should we dive into publication of private facts first? Yeah. Let's do that one first. I think that'll be fun. Okay, cool. Um, So unlike the right of publicity that we discussed, uh, you don't have to be a public figure to bring suit for publication of private fact. Also, this one is very limited to living people. I know we talked a lot about like the post-mortem right of publicity in our Elvis episode. Right, like with Elvis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this one is very much you have to be alive. So the definition, if you will, for publication of private fact (laughs) is there must be a public disclosure of private facts which are offensive and objectionable to a reasonable person, our lovely reasonable person language that we love. In- we love that vague standard. <laughs> Lawyers love this. <laughs> um, and the the facts cannot be a legitimate concern to the public. So, okay. yes. So that's kind of like a defense to it, like if something is a legitimate uh, concern Basically, to the public. yes. So there's like yeah. okay. a newsworthiness defense. So the context of this tour usually comes up in the case of like the media publishing an article about someone super private, some, something super private about them, and they are PO'd that, you know, pissed that it came out. Um, mm-hmm. So, and and like I said before, it doesn't have to be a famous person, okay? Like famous people love to bring these, obviously, but you could do this if someone published super private medical information about you that was just not newsworthy like you could bring suit for this Mm -hmm. so yeah so the the defense of newsworthiness is that basically the basically the question is is it really legitimate news interest this pub this publication or is it just salacious or gossip Ooh, salacious love that word yes (laughs) yes um and i will note too that in order to bring the tour you know you do kind of have to show to a court that you really kept that private fact on the DL. Like it was – it definitely has to okay. be something you kept really close to your chest. Like I think it's it, – it kind of – it depends on the on the community and the court uh, how it's going to be interpreted. But yeah, if you were sharing it with like really close friends and family members, that's okay. But if you were like right. being selective, sharing it with different members of the public, 
Mm-hmm. That's not going to fly. Like if you post it on your your Instagram but not your Facebook or something like that, you can't be like mad if somebody shares it on other platforms, right? Yeah. Like just because you chose to select selectively share it on one platform. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think, it, I think it's more of a – yeah, or like what if you have like an OnlyFans and you're like, I'm sharing this with all of my thousands of subscribers on OnlyFans but mm-hmm. not on my Instagram. Like sharing it with thousands of people, it's not a private fact anymore. Exactly. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. So I think that there's a really good um, – Megan had her lawsuit against mm-hmm. Associated Newspapers or the Daily Mail for publishing yeah. her the letter she wrote to her dad, which I know you know way more about this because you're the big <laughs> – you're the big Royals person. So Big Megan Stan. Can you kind of uh, give us an example yeah. to illustrate? Sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people heard about her lawsuit because she was so public with it and has talked a lot about it more with the Netflix documentary and everything. But she won her lawsuit back in 2021. um, And it was, as you mentioned, against the Associated Newspapers, who is known as the publisher of the Daily Mail. I feel like we've all seen those kind of articles on social media, seen those kind of tabloid articles. Um, But yeah, back in 2018, when Meghan and Harry were, you know, prepping for the big day, the big royal wedding, um, you know, there was lots going on at that time, especially with Meghan's family as well. And so there was a letter, a personal letter that Meghan had written to her father back in 2018, um, that part of it was published in the Daily Mail. Um, And this letter was basically her just confronting her father about, um, you know, releasing information about her and Harry to the press. He was doing these sort of like staged paparazzi photos too, really sort of capitalizing on this whole like, you know, 15 minutes of fame kind of thing, which was really sad. Um, You know, Megan and her father had had a pretty estranged relationship for a while. And I think that her and Harry really did want to try to include him in their big day. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, he was doing whatever he could to sort of sell things to the press, stage things, release, even like putting Harry in a bad light, um, things like that. So it it was just like supportive dad. I know it was was really a bummer. So and and as well, like Megan had a half sister on her dad's side, too, who was also like kind of part of this as well. So I think it's it was a really sad thing that her and Harry wanted to include them as much as they could and weren't able to. And so she wrote this letter to her father um, and mailed it to him. And it basically said this, you know, we love you. We want you to be here for our day, but please stop doing these things. Um, And this parts of it were published. And um, yeah, the senior appeals judge decided that it was published in a salacious way. They used that word that you mentioned. Um, and they said that Megan had a reasonable expectation of privacy in the contents of that letter. And those contents were personal, they were private, and they were not matters of legitimate public interest. Um, so, okay. you know, she won that, she won that case against uh, the Associated Newspapers. And I think that was a big victory for her and Harry and for, you know, public figures in general too, to see that there are limits on what the press can publish. So I think, yeah. Um, So on that note, you said like, okay, it was, it was salacious. Um, It was not a matter of public concern. It wasn't newsworthy. mm -hmm. You know, just because someone's a public figure doesn't mean anything about them is a matter of public concern, right? 
And this was a really personal letter to her dad. I mean, there was nothing about other members of the royal family in it. There was nothing about her upcoming nuptials. There, you know, those might have been. It might have teetered the line because of her public figure status. Yeah, whether or not totally it was a public interest, but. I think the kind of the one fact that was kind of like teetering on not meeting this publication of private fact test is whether or not it, she re- whether or not it was really private, right? Because yeah, she, that was a whole part of it. Right. Yeah, because like, I mean, knew. she. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she. I think the way the letter was written was in the way that like it might get published, you know, because of what her dad had been doing he had been publishing these things and releasing things to the press. So I think there was an argument that she wrote the letter with the, you know, possibility in the back of her mind that it might get leaked. And so would that be against her in court? You know, that was kind of like one of the main issues. Yeah. And and Um, who knows whether or not she intended it to eventually be published or not. But yeah, I mean, she definitely knew that her father was – sending things to the press, to the paparazzi on a regular basis. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that was yeah. the one, that was the one area. I mean, I think that, I think that this came out the right way, but that was probably, that right. was probably the Same. one area that maybe, you know, it might not have Could have the gone test. the other mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I think there is like, it's a fine line, but there is a difference between like intending for something to be published and then, you know, writing something with the knowledge that it could possibly get published, even though that's not your intent. You know, I feel like that is a fine line between those two things. So, right. yeah, I agree with you. I think it, they came out on the right side for that. Totally. One, Go, Megan. Yeah. Well, and we have more um, We have more royal stuff, right? Because Harry is involved more royal stuff. in a few different yeah. lawsuits. Um, and there's one that's ongoing that is also kind of deals with the privacy tort. So... Unlike publication of private fact, which really just deals with the press has obtained this fact somehow, we'll, you know, assume mm-hmm. that they did it legitimately, how they obtained it. Someone just like leaked it to right. them, right? Not like they were <laughs> exactly. snooping around, right? But if they didn't come in and snatch the letter right, from her they didn't hands. pose as a yeah. fake mail carrier and snatch it from right. her hand. <laughs> But if they had done that, then it might have met this other test for a different kind of privacy tort, um, which is called the intrusion upon seclusion one (laughs) that I'm so good at saying. And this one more applies to this ongoing lawsuit with Harry, which I'll let you dive into the facts of that in a little bit. Um, Yeah. But so intrusion upon seclusion is basically an intrusion into a private place, conversation or matter in a manner that is highly offensive to a reasonable person, our favorite person, the reasonable Here we person go. standard. <laughs> so <laughs> for this tour, it's a little bit different. So to establish an intrusion, um, you basically have to show that while enjoying a reasonable expectation of privacy, someone invaded some zone of either your physical or sensory private area <laughs> or obtained unwanted access to or data about you. So Okay, so physical or sensory. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like someone broke into your home or your car or something. No, like it that. could be as simple okay. as someone – yeah, I mean I don't know if it's considered a, technically a physical intrusion if someone like hacks into your – you know, remotely hacks into your computer oh, yeah. or something like that. That's a good example. Or, or maybe, you know, like listens in on a important phone call, like taps a phone mm-hmm. or – 
um, something like that. I think you'll have some good facts for that. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) it can it can be many different things. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, this highly offensive nature that it has to meet that considers basically the degree of the intrusion, the context and the intruders motives or objectives. So, you know, if someone was accidentally overheard, like if you're talking about a private, something really private out in public, and then someone accidentally overhears it and then runs with it, uh, that's, you know, they weren't really Mm. intentionally trying to gain that private information about you. So that would be different versus like the phone tapping situation where like you had pretty bad faith. Like you did not have good motives when you're doing that. Okay. Got it. Yeah. That's a really good way to sort of distinguish, uh, between what may be highly offensive and what might not. Right. Right. That's helpful. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, uh, there are three ongoing lawsuits that Harry has going on. Two of them are against the associated newspapers, the same publisher, the daily mail that we just talked about with Megan. Another one is with, um, the daily mirror, another one of those tabloids. Um, But two of them, two of the lawsuits are around this issue of intrusion upon seclusion. Um, So, and and actually Elton John, there's some other celebrities involved too. Um, Elton John is part of this lawsuit against the Associated Newspapers also. Um, But yeah, some of the claims are wild. Like you mentioned the phone tapping. That is actually something that Harry is alleging in this suit. They're alleging, he's alleging that um, people hired investigators to like place listening devices on his phone. There was a oh. voicemail from William that was sent to Harry that got leaked. And it's like, well, how else did that voicemail get out if his phone line wasn't being tapped? Um, yeah, guys, pretty, I pretty mean, wild. what are these members of this British, these British tabloids doing? Like, <laughs> I know, like, what are they it is doing? It's not that it's serious. Wild. Like, I know. And it doesn't stop there. Apparently there's been, yeah, members of the press who've paid police officials to access sensitive information on Harry. There's been people impersonating um, people who have clearance to their health records. You know, Harry and Meghan have been really outspoken about their mental health struggles and getting treatment for that. And there's been people working for the press who have impersonated either them or people who have clearance to their medical records to get that kind of private information. This is crazy. Like, obviously, yeah, it seems to meet the facts for intrusion upon seclusion pretty well, right? Like, that's all Mm -hmm. highly offensive. That's all very personal. Medical records, bank records, like personal voicemails from your brother. Like, there's no, that's Mm -hmm. just not defensible. But then on top of that, I'm like, if these are, if this is true, there should be criminal charges brought against the people involved in this. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. I mean, it doesn't stop there. There's also things alleging like bank accounts, financial records, credit information to, I mean, just lots of sensitive information. So we'll see what happens with these ongoing lawsuits and if Harry hopefully has as good of an outcome as Megan did with hers as well. Um, yeah, well, but I know, I know, I, I just, I don't think we should be incentivizing or members of the press to be acting like this. That's crazy. Yeah. But so, okay, we're talking about the Royals today. We're talking about Harry and Meghan, the coronation. I wanted to play a little Royal game. A Royal game. <laughs> a Royal game. Royal rules, Royal rules roulette. Royal I, I just came Wait, up that's that. so cute. Royal rules roulette. Okay. A little triple arm of it. Yeah. So, R-R-R? you know, R-R-R. 
We love that movie. The, the videos of like Ariana DeBose being like, R, 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 R. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, yeah, Royal Rule Roulette. I don't know if that's accurate to what this game is going to well, be. Well, I like but, the name regardless. Um... <laughs> so I'm excited so, to play. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Here we go. I have three little Royal Rules and you have to tell me if they're actual true royal rules or false royal rules. Okay. okay. All right. And I have no ties with the royal family. I have no clue. This is just information. You don't? You're not internet. related so. to the royal family? <laughs> I would never know. As much as I would like to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. This is just information I'm finding. But uh, here we go. Number one. Is it a rule, true or false, that tiaras are only allowed to be worn after 6 p.m. True or false? Oh. I mean, I feel like I only ever see them wearing them at, like, balls. And I feel like Mm -hmm. balls usually happen in the evenings. So I'm going to guess that's true. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Apparently that's true. I don't know why it's 6 p.m. I mean, I assume it's kind of like what you said. Those events tend to happen in the evenings. But yeah, apparently tiaras are reserved for after 6 p.m. With one exception, a bride can wear one on her wedding day. Oh. In the daytime. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Which Kate and Megan both did. Many of them do that. I would love to do that if I ever get married. I would love to wear a tiara. I, I could see you wearing a tiara. <laughs> that was definitely like my mom was like, oh, do you want to wear a tiara? I'm like, no. Really? <laughs> You're like, that's not me. No, that would definitely be me for That sure. would be you. That would definitely be you. <laughs> love that. Great, great. All right. Ready for the second one? Yes. Number two. Okay. True or false? Royals are not allowed to order more than one alcoholic drink. When they are having dinner in public. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I feel like that makes sense. That's a great rule of thumb. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. True? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It could be true, but I didn't find anything on it. So I'm going to say false. Okay. I agree with you that it seems like a good royal... Uh, royal rule of thumb (laughs) royal rule of thumb but i i don't think it's a rule in fact queen elizabeth was known for having like four to six drinks in a day like on the red slush yeah she yeah what a queen i was looking (laughs) i think what a queen killing the game she i think it was like a vanity fair article this was old but it was like she by like lunchtime she'd already had like three cocktails (laughs) Uh, like a dry gin martini some like breakfast in the morning and okay that's just alcoholism (laughs) but i mean so i guess they weren't restricting her to one cocktail but also i don't think they were she's she's a queen maybe the other members though don't get the same privileges yeah they might not get to go have the boozy brunch moments i don't know <laughs> like the queen but she killed it clearly it worked for her she oh, lived yeah. a long life true. so need to Very get true. in on her secret all right so last one that we have for our royal rule roulette true or false the the first in line to the throne and the second in line to the throne cannot ride in the same aircraft together True or false? The first, wait, the first in line to the throne and the second in line to the throne, but not the mm-hmm. actual person on the throne. 
Not the actual person. Oh. Right. Um, so like William and George. Okay. I feel like that's that's false because I feel like, okay, yes, the first – the person on the throne and the first in line probably can't ride together. But then the yeah, second in okay. line, I feel like whatever. <laughs> Okay, so it is true. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you partial credit. On okay, this. <laughs> 50-50. So it is true. Actually, the first in line and the second line are not supposed to ride in the same aircraft. But in the case of William and George, they can still ride together because he's under twelve years old. So because he's under so. twelve, he if he is killed in an air ac- aircraft accident. <laughs> We're cool with that. Tragic. That is so tragic. Um, Sorry. Not to make light of that. I just think that's a really weird rule. (laughs) But but we'll never know. We'll never know what's really true. Yes. Well, the royal family is a mystery, right? Right. They're an enigma. They're an enigma. People who watch The Crown think they know, but... They don't know. Remember, that's a fictional. Well, I love The Crown, though. (laughs) I would rather believe everything on The Crown than real life, because it's so fun. Not me. Well, I I feel they actually do a good job. Like, yes, obviously, they're fictional portrayals, but I feel like they do a good job capturing the essence that is the royal family. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's very well done. I just think some people mix together, like, what's fictional and what's a documentary. People well, get a little people bit do that confused. with everything. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh my gosh, I I'm just protective of them. <laughs> I also love Spencer. That is such a good movie. Yes, Kristen Stewart I, it kills so it good. in that movie. It's like a like a surrealist like mm-hmm. kind of fictional story about Princess Diana. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, that scene is so hard to watch. Oh my god, or when she I know like. Oh, it's just, yeah. I don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen it. I know, yeah. I mean, it's been out for a little while, but go watch it. It's so good. People should watch it. It's a Christmas movie also for the record. It is a Christmas movie. I totally agree. And she def deserved that Oscar nom. I was rooting for her. She killed it. All right. So should we end on a little smash or pass? So I feel like we've been hearing everywhere about Coachella, which just happened. And yes, Coachella. I don't know. Is that a smash or pass? Because I think that opinions have changed on that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it used to be a smash and now it's a pass. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have no interest in going. I don't know if that's just me getting older and like the idea of wearing a two-piece like <laughs> – outfit in a tent for days appropriating appropriating some native american culture yeah like yeah uh, yeah that's very bad i i feel like that just isn't appealing to me i don't even know if that's really still what it is or Uh, that's like the early on stuff with the feathers and i think yeah there were white girls wearing like bindis and stuff early on do you remember that they were doing the most yeah i do Um, so much but i think it's that part's problematic yeah but i mean i think coachella is definitely a pass i think the internet mm-hmm. would agree with you um it's yeah it's just gone downhill a lot of the performances i guess were pretty trash this year frank ocean yeah. was not not doing I his know. best even though everyone was so excited for him to perform again he's you know yeah it was like his rihanna moment at the super bowl but like yeah did not did not serve, i think though I think the one that I've heard good things about was Blackpink, right? I feel like people enjoyed their oh, really? performance. I love Blackpink. I think so. I didn't realize that they uh, were Yeah, there. I like their songs. 
Yeah, I feel like that was the one like positive one I saw. But yeah, yeah we're gonna go with pass for Coachella. It's, it's Nochella for us. Nochella. <laughs> um. Okay. So th- I have a dual one. Okay. So I'm sure you've heard that they are remaking the Harry Potter series and the Twilight series into TV shows. I did hear this. Is that yeah, a smash? and they announced it at the same time. Is that too. a pass? Like I. I have my thoughts, but I'll let you say first. Okay. I'll say mine, then you go. So I'm going to say it's a smash. Just the concept generally is a smash because I do feel like that's the best way to really get all the stuff from the books into the shows because you can only do so much with the movies, right? But if you're doing a full like television series with multiple seasons, I like that idea. But it's still a pass for me because it's too soon. Yeah. It's too damn soon. I agree with like, that. No. I, I think it's a pass because I just have a problem with the fact like, okay, if, uh, Twilight, for example, I feel like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart look the fucking same as they did in Breaking Dawn Part 2. Like, they do. They look the same. That's how I know it hasn't been enough time for them to start mm-hmm. remaking the Twilight series. And I don't know. This, yeah. This, I guess this applies more to Twilight. You know I'm more of a Twilight fan than a Harry Potter fan. Right. But like yeah. Gen Z is trying to co-opt my shit. Okay. Get your own yeah, shit. They're trying to reclaim Twilight as their Get own. Get your own. Like no. You guys, there are tons of young adult novels and shit out there. You take, take right. that and make that into your little TV series. But don't ruin Twilight for me. And even right. the original Harry Potters. Like I was not the biggest fan of like the books or anything. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I just didn't read them at the right time. Like I was too old by the time I read them. But I love yeah. those movies. They they're perfect. They do not need to be remade. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when they were remaking like the Lord of the Rings. Like they, well, they're not. They didn't remake it, but they made that new series on Amazon, and yeah. everyone's like, "Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing like the this? Lord of the Rings it's is perfect as is. Like you don't need to remake." Yeah, they're just trying to capitalize. I agree. Like, all the Harry Potter people are not even the age of, like, the 19 years later part. I'm like, you need to at least, like, get past that part. The justify. Then we can have, like, Daniel Radcliffe being (laughs) – playing his older self. (laughs) Playing his older self. Yeah, I'm like, that's, like, the earliest we can think about it. And with Twilight, like, I don't want to talk to you unless you have made your pilgrimage to the motherland. Oh, yeah. To Forks. Yeah, you're not a real fan unless (laughs) unless you've traveled all the way to Forks, Washington. Which we should yeah. definitely share that story another time we on the should. pod because we have some so many interesting <laughs> things happened from that moment. That'll be a future app, our fork story. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you all for listening today. Later, babes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Licensed to Gossip. Tune in next week for more juicy hot goss with a legal twist. This episode is produced by Ryko Theatricals. Follow us on all the socials at License to Gossip and DM us to share your thoughts on our latest debrief. Don't forget, I'm Allie. And I'm Noelle. Later, Later, babes. babes.